Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. Hello and welcome to the HP Podcast, the show where everything's made up and the points don't matter. That's definitely the tagline for the show. I'm Ben, and with me here is Brandon. What's up? And Dave. Bonjour. 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 I thought you were going to say boner for a second there, and I was really not sure. No, that'd I, don't be think, I don't think boner is a greeting in uh, most circles. Well, this is a different kind of circle than most <laughs> people are used to. Thanks for being here with us this week, folks. Guys, what are you getting into this week, Brandon? You, you went and saw a concert last night. Tell me I about did, it. I did. I went to go see Porter Robinson. Yes. It was exceptional. Nice. Um, I uh, have only been to a few electronic concerts. Yeah. Um, and I think there's some of my favorites. Um, the lights and the visuals. Um, they had like a massive six, ten foot wall panel of LEDs that were just constantly playing different trippy visuals. Um, that mixed with the lights and the smoke. It was just really cool. Um, and Porter Porter put on a good show. So Brandon, really was awesome. there jumping? Of course. Did you do any jumping? No. Okay. No, no. I was more of a hands in my pocket kind of night. Yeah. Um, I have never felt almost 30 more than I did after <laughs> standing on a concrete floor for three and a half hours. Uh, my back was killing me the yeah. last third of the set. Right. And my knees were aching. Did, Did you go to one of the employees and, and say, can you ask them to turn it down a bit? It's <laughs> just a bit much. <laughs> Honestly, that would have been the next step. The concert ended and thankfully we didn't have to get there. Um, but uh, no, it was a great time. Where was that show? Uh, that was at Stage E. Oh, okay. Yeah, that was actually my first time being there. It's a nice venue. Really? Yeah. yeah, yeah I've been so. there for inside and outside shows and... It's for what it is. It's pretty nice. I mean, it's nice. It's a nice little venue. Yeah, it's a nice little spot. So, Dave, what about you? Have you done any jumping this week? No. no. His brain. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, no, no jumping. Uh, a bit okay. of walking, a bit of running. Um, but, but no, no jumping. No. Okay. It's, uh, it's, it's been uh, a while since I've been to a, a, a concert, too. But as you were talking, I was thinking about the closest thing I've been to an electronic concert was. Uh, you guys know Block Party? Yes. yes. The lead singer, Kayleigh, did his own sort of side thing for a little while, and he had a show in Toronto. It, it was less alternative and more like electronic experimental stuff, so I've seen him live. And, uh, okay. Definitely the same as you, Brandon, where it was more, you know, head nodding, hands in my pocket. Right. Stay six feet away from me, but that was a long <laughs> time ago. So. Yeah. Dude, yeah, I, I know helicopter, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I used to go to... T- ton of concerts in high school and college and i was always right in the thick of it you know throwing arms running around the hardcore shows whatever and now if i go to a concert i just i'm like is there like a nice table where we can order a martini and i can enjoy it could be the same exact music but i'm like can i just like chill in the back and watch it from back (laughs) yeah no i would have i would have killed for a chair last night yeah it's not even the chair it's more it's more like i just want to like not be touching other people and Fair. that's been me for like five or six Fair. years so. dude someone tried to fucking buy drugs off me last night imagine that Did imagine imagine asking a stranger <laughs> what place in your life where you ask a complete stranger <laughs> for drugs um no of course not no. um and then he fucking pressed me ben he pressed me dave was he was he like cop? he was well, i was like who the fuck are you he was like i know you got some i'll pay for it I'm like <laughs> 
dude, what are you talking about? I'm trying to listen to the fucking music. Leave yeah. me alone, dog. I'm glad was he, he uh, was he looking for cocaine or something? Uh, oh, I think he said Molly. Molly, Molly or weed. And I was like, dude, who are you? Yeah, please leave me alone. Right. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Yeah, and then like I he feel just like it's supposed to be the other way around. People with drugs are supposed to harass people about buying them. That's from them. that's what I'm saying. He's like, it's my boy's birthday. I'm like, why didn't you bring I, your own? I drugs? don't fucking know your boy. Yeah. Leave me alone. Yeah, <laughs> it was just funny. For sure, the experiences you have on the outside world are sometimes fascinating. That's, that conversation is never a comfortable one, though. Even if if you know someone's trying to get you to buy from them. So uh, we just came back from uh, Mexico on our honeymoon and and there's always people up and down the beach who are trying to sell you stuff. So this one guy came up and he was just like, do, do you want to buy a hat? And I was like, no, I'm good. And he's like, do, do you want to buy a t-shirt? And I was like, no, I'm good. And he's like, would you like some cocaine? And I, yeah, was like, that, that escalated quickly, quickly. Yeah. Went from hat t-shirt to cocaine. And, and uh, yeah, it's never a comfortable situation, but you just politely say no and carry on. So, with how, so how was the cocaine? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I was in Mexico one time when I was about 16, I think. And we were walking through and like right as soon as you cross the border, there's like people with, you know, little prescription pads asking you if you need any, any pills for anything and all sorts of pills. And I, and granted when I was 16, I looked like I was 27 probably, but just these, but still I just had like numerous people ask like, do you want this? Do you want this? Do you want Viagra? Do you want Viagra? And like the, the common thread, like they would all ask about different things, but everybody asked if you wanted Viagra. And I was like, do I like, dude, no, it's probably like one of the most heavily circulated medicines in the world. Oh, I'm honestly. sure. Yeah. But it was just funny. Like I, I didn't feel like I was the target demographic <laughs> to buy Viagra. Dude, hey, listen. Order in Mexico. Dude, if they're selling, someone's buying. That's true. Guys, thanks for supporting the show where we talk about Viagra and cocaine. Uh, Sometimes <laughs> this is the HP podcast where we also talk about video games occasionally. You can support us over at patreon.com slash handsome phantom for as little as a dollar a month. Get ad free early access to the show. Be our best friends. I don't know about the second part, but the first part I can definitely guarantee. Guys, we got a, a few news stories this week, and I, I feel like this has been a common thing this week is that or this this year is that every week on Tuesday night we get together and we're like, let's talk about some news stories. And we talk about a couple little things, nothing really huge or, or bombastic. And then on like between Wednesday and Thursday, before the show actually comes out to the public, there's just so much that happens. And yeah. then by the time the following Tuesday rolls around, that's already old news. So we're back to having almost no news again. So that's the same thing I feel like this week, although there's a few interesting things here. But expect by the time you hear this to have already had your mind blown by something else. Ooh. Just want to throw that out there. Guys, we talked a little bit about the GTA trilogy, how it's going to be remastered and re-released. Well, we have some new information on it, and this comes from GameInfinitus.com. Rockstar Games has updated the official website of GTA, the trilogy, the definitive edition, to confirm the release date, the price, and the shared screenshots. The official website of the game has gone live along with the pre-orders, and the leaked information that they reported earlier appears to be accurate and reflects the changes. Basically, uh, it it says these screenshots give us our first look at the game, and it's a strange mix of the classic visuals with modern touches. Player models are updated, but the layout and presentation of the cities don't appear to have been altered much. Before I forget, somebody mentioned I forget who this was. It was I feel like it was in person. Somebody mentioned they thought it would have been really cool for all three of the games to be like combined into one game and have all of those cities in yes. like that you could just like you know drive through each of them and everything. That'd be cool, but that, yeah. that didn't happen. Um, we know that the gameplay, the, the game will include new gameplay tweaks like GTA 5 style controls. In addition to the changes to the visuals, the price of the release is confirmed to be $59.99 and it will arrive digitally on November 11th, so just a couple weeks away, and physically on December 6th. So a few things here. I think I saw an announcement. This is going to be a Game Pass get. Is that correct? I think just San Andreas. Just San Andreas. For some weird reason, I might have to Google that, but I have a weird, I think Dustin might have mentioned that. I don't know. Okay, cool. Did, Brandon, I think you played five. Were you much of a a GTA fan? Dude, I played them all. You played them all. I've played everything, well, all the ones that matter. Right. (laughs) Three Vice City and San Andreas. Um, so, no, I have a ton, a ton of experience 
Um, that was a game my dad played a lot. Yeah. Um, I played the games on PSP. I mean, I, I played a lot of them. Um, and I am fucking jazzed. Um, I think it looks really good, honestly. Um, making some of them old, blocky-ass figures be more cartoony <laughs> yeah. is kind of hilarious right. when you think about some of the stuff you have to do in the game. And I'm just really excited to be back in that world. Um, I purchased San Andreas on my PS4, and I played it some, but this will give me even more of a reason to come back. And, you know, the upgraded shooting mechanics and the option to have the weapon wheel, I think it's going to be a much needed addition to the franchise. Yeah. And I'm just excited in general because these games really shaped like even before my my like biggest love of video games my first person shooters i had gta before that right um and i wouldn't say it, it made as big of a splash in my life as the first person shooters did but it was an integral part in my development right. as as a gamer I just looked, by the way, and San Andreas is the one that's going to be coming to Game Pass. And it raises an interesting question. One, are they going to be available to purchase separately? And two, if not, and I have Game Pass, I've already got San Andreas. Why do I got to buy the other two? Yeah. I don't know. For the same price as all three? That's a good question. Yeah, Dave, I don't know this about you. Are you a GTA fan? Big time. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> I think Vice City is one of my favorite games of all times. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, I mean, this is great to see that they're doing this uh obviously the footage they've shown us so far in the screenshots it looks phenomenal like yeah when we found out they were re-releasing these games i wasn't expecting this much of a a sort of visual upgrade um and then just the quality of life stuff the the mini map and the weapon wheel as you mentioned brandon it's just it's gonna make these games so much easier to jump back into um you know a lot of times with remasters they make them look a lot better but they still feel very dated just because of old mechanics and control schemes, but the amount of work they put into making these feel modern uh, looks like it's going to be uh, a nice little addition to sort of that holiday lineup. So, yeah. So yeah. Um, I had a hard time with San Andreas personally, just because I hated the, um, the thing where like you had to work out or else oh, yeah. like your body would change. And I yeah. just, that's just such like a, a little thing you had to micromanage that seemed cool. But after a while, I was just like, I don't want to feel like I have to. Like, it just felt like a chore. Um, so that one didn't hit with me as much. So I, it kind of sucks hearing that that's the only one coming to Game Pass because I would love to go back to three and Vice City specifically. But yeah. You don't want to get your pump on as CJ, man? <laughs> well, I liked, I liked that mini game, but I hate feeling like I just had to stop doing what I'm doing and then go and just do that side activity. Um, Fair enough. And if I if I wanted to focus on something else, then you know my character was going to change. So, um, but the other cool thing that they mentioned is a quality of life thing is the auto restart of missions when you fail. Oh, so I don't yeah. know if you guys remember you like if you failed a mission in the old games, you actually had to go back to like you had to drive back to it. The starting point now it'll just be like GTA Five, where if you die, you'll literally just restart at the at the beginning of the mission. So that's right. yeah. That's that's cool. And I think the other thing we're going to realize is like when we first played these games way back when, like they were so huge. And I mentioned it like a while ago, but Vice City was the first open world game that I actually ever memorized the map. And I remember at the time being like, wow, I played this game a lot so much that I don't need to look at the mini map. If I need to go somewhere, I just I know how to get there. When we port these, when we boot these games back up, I think we're going to realize how big open worlds have actually got because these worlds are going to look absolutely tiny, which I think yeah. is a good yeah. thing. But uh, yeah, right. it's just going to be funny to see. Yeah. So, yeah, Dave, tell me, are you excited to drive down the beach in your crotch rocket, listening to Broken Wings oh, in Vice City? You know it, man. <laughs> Dude, and fucking Phil Collins. That some of the best soundtracks too. Do you think was, we're gonna have the same soundtracks? Did they confirm? I that? really fucking hope so because that was. I mean, I had the box collection of San Andreas's albums. Like every single radio station had its own CD. Like that's at my parents' house right now. Yeah, the soundtracks made these games what they are. They were like a huge part of it. I mean, you're driving around all the time, so I would really really hope and they have the money they do have the money but they also made that announcement uh earlier in the year that they had or maybe that was even last year that they had acquired or created that new publishing label oh yeah to make music to make music and yeah. i'm wondering like if that was partially in preparation for this and maybe the eventual gta 6 or whatever right 
So I wonder how many, I feel like they would have told us that by now if some of the original soundtrack wasn't going to be there, but who knows? They've been fairly transparent about that. I feel like, yeah. like every time they even add more music to GTA five, they right. announce it. So I feel like that would probably be something they would have mentioned. I would hope. Right. So funny enough, I've only played or I've only owned for myself GTA four and GTA five, but I have played both of them less than GTA 3, Vice City, or San Andreas. Wow. <laughs> because those were games like I'd play with my buddies. Like either they'd come over and bring it or I'd go over to their house and play it. But I never like actually owned one until 4. And so I'm really excited to dive back in, specifically into Vice City and San Andreas, because I played yeah. a lot of those games. This might be a hot take. I think 4 kind of sucks, but... Uh, I don't recall... I. I don't recall it very well, and I probably didn't put any hours into it, which is probably a testament to the fact that it wasn't that good. Yeah. But oh well. I've only, I don't know, I maybe got like 15 or 20 hours in the five. Dude, but San Andreas, though, I mean, like, legitimately. Yeah. Just the amount of shit you could do in that game for when it came out, insane. Yeah. The collectibles, the flight school, like entire schools of flight, um, the mini missions. And you got to love that pump and iron, Dave. I'm a. I'm not agreeing with you there. I I love to get my CJ swole. You're more of a, a burger shot guy. You just go and make that belly round, don't you? You, you got to look like Big Smoke. It was a good mini game. I just, I, I didn't feel like I had to do it constantly. I, I didn't I, like the feeling of feeling like I had to do it constantly. I do, dude. I'm teasing you. But yeah. all you had to do was follow the train, CJ. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, next story is uh, Kenna. Bridge of Spirits. This is a game that came out in September. Uh, I played a little bit of it, but I haven't played much of it because, frankly, there was just too much else going on. But uh, in an interview with Bloomberg, brothers Mike and Josh Greer of Ember Lab, the developer, were asked about the success of the first title, which launched last month. According, This is from kitguru.net, by the way. According to the Greers, the game has already recouped its development costs within the first month, submitting it as a success. Furthermore, Sony appears to be happy with the sales performance of the console exclusive, with Josh Greer saying it's hard to tell what's a huge success, but Sony's happy. As mentioned, prior to Kenna Bridge of Spirits, Ember Lab was purely an animation studio, with some of their biggest work being YouTube shorts. Uh, as a sidebar, you can really tell that they were an animation studio just because of the best parts of this game look to be the animation. Uh, it's impressive to see them knock it out of the park on their first attempt. Ember Lab is now going full-time on game development with Josh Greer confirming that, quote, we're not going back to commercials. So, hmm. did either of you play Kenna? Have you have you wanted to? I have really wanted to jump in. Um, I, I'm excited to see that they've recouped costs without the physical edition even being out. Right. Um, because I think I can't be the only one who's waiting. Right. But oh, that, yeah. that's why I'm waiting specifically. I want to own this game. I want it to be in hand. Right. So... I'm really high. I've heard good things. Um, I don't think it's going to be like life changing, but sure. I think it's going to be a great, um, a great experience. And I'm glad to see that they're kind of sticking with it. Seems like they got a, they got something there, you know? Yeah. More than this game specifically. I think it's just cool when people can take their passion project, even if it's a passion project, that's going to make money and turn that into their full-time thing and be able to have success through that that way. Yeah. Dave, I, I know you haven't played Kenna either, but um, are there any studios that you know of even right now that are not full-time studios? I can't think of any personally. No, none. none. I, I, I don't know uh, the ones that are full-time or not, but yeah. uh, no. I mean, I mean, this is cool to hear, though, that they were able to put out such a, a gorgeous game. Well, it's obvious how it was so gorgeous if, if you know, they're in specialized in animation and that kind of stuff but it's great to hear how successful it was and i guess they're not owned by sony but i wonder if that's you know another studio that sony might gobble up before somebody else jumps in but um if yeah. they're thinking about buying them they should buy them now because they'll never be cheaper in my opinion exactly yeah. <laughs> yeah really yeah but i don't know they seem to sony seems to play it smart and only really buy studios that they've had a long-standing working relationship with yeah and uh, granted, this one's probably a pretty long one in comparison to how long the business has been around. But dude, it might be in its infancy, though. Who knows? Yeah, you exactly. know, five years down the line, we might be still talking about the studio. Sure, I would hope so. I'd I think Kenna is supposed to come to other platforms eventually. I know it's on Epic Game Store. I okay. recall that. Okay, and I wonder if they got any kind of 
I wonder what kind of uh, exclusivity deals they got that they were able to, you know, not only not only the sales, but also maybe that exclusivity deals they were able to um, to make the game profitable instantly. So yeah, be cool. It's a pretty small team too. So like, you know, they got to do it for multiple years, but there's not a lot of um, cost probably at this small level. So hopefully they're able to uh, continue to have low costs and good quality games for sure. Okay, so Destiny 2, they're coming under fire because they're going to be charging extra for dungeons in The Witch Queen. This comes from PC Games N. I still don't know what that N stands for. I, want, I always want to say PC Games Now, but that's not what it is. But, quote, you will have to pay extra if you want access to the dungeons coming during Destiny 2 Year 5. Bungie has provided some additional clarity on what to expect from the post-Witch Queen dungeons, but the fans aren't satisfied with the answers. As it all suggests, staying up with the in-game content is going to be a, quite a bit more expensive than it has been in the past. Three dungeons have been advertised for the new year of content. Two will be included with the digital deluxe edition of Witch Queen, which is $80 US. And one additional dungeon will be included with the 30th anniversary edition, which is $100 US. As Bungie has made clear today, those dungeons will be offered as separate purchases too, but will not be included as part of any season pass purchase. So if you want access to all in-game content following the Witch Queen release date, you'll need to purchase the expansion itself, which is what, usually 40 bucks, uh, the season passes, and either a deluxe upgrade or separate DLC. So on one hand, this is probably more content than we've seen for a new season in the past, I would think. Well, but here's the thing, though, is the seasons in Destiny yes. is just a battle pass. Yes. So... Essentially, they call them seasons, but... Well, they call them seasons, but they do... The seasons usually do have extra content. I bought the season of the Splicer, and I just got cosmetics. Yeah, but it, it, it probably opened up things that you weren't able to do. I'm not terribly familiar, but I know that Beyond Light, there were things you couldn't access, and you couldn't actually play them without having Beyond Light. Not Beyond Light. Um, right, exactly. That's what I'm saying. This kind of mirrors what they've done before. Right, right, right. Because Season of the Splicer came out, that's the last time I played, Yeah, came out with Beyond Light. Yes. And I didn't want to spend $40 for three hours of lackluster content. Right. So I just bought the cosmetic shit. Right. And I just don't really think this is a sustainable business model. Um, I I don't know. I've, I've pumped so much money into that game, not even a quarter of what people who have been playing since the beginning. Sure. And I feel like I don't get my value out of it any single time I add more money to the bucket. Right. I can't... With the history they've had with DLCs, it's nothing revolutionary for the game. Yeah. And not only do they ask for money from your pocket, but they ask for time from your brain. Yeah. Just constant, <laughs> never-ending torrents of of xp that you need to get every single season for it to reset right um i don't like where they're going with this and i haven't liked it in a while and that's kind of why i fell off but and so this appears to be more like they're charging more for more content granted but it's always just but it's always been included yeah in the past yeah. it's just i don't know yeah dave what do you think about paying extra well on top I, of the expansion yeah i just want to clarify so if you want to like play everything in destiny you need to buy um an annual expansion quarterly seasons passes and a digital deluxe upgrade and then that will get you some dungeons and then some of that content might be vaulted at some point so you can't have i got that right dave let me put you on hold for just a second and say alexa stop I don't know what I said to trigger her, but she's been talking the whole time you've been talking. <laughs> Seriously, she's fucking jabbing over here. God damn, shut the fuck up. And she keeps asking up. if I'm Travis, and I'm not. <laughs> okay, so yes, basically what you just laid out there, uh, except for the parts I missed when Alexa was talking, is correct. That is accurate. So um, I, I, I would consider myself a very casual Destiny 2 player. I like to jump in every now and then. I'm a hardcore Destiny 2 twitch viewer it just uh, happens that my favorite twitch streamer is a destiny 2 guy and i love watching him play it but every time yeah. i jump into play i i have a lot of fun for about 30 minutes and then i started hitting walls of things i can't do right. because i haven't paid extra which is fine i'm, I'm just playing the free version yeah. but when i go to look at what i need to purchase to play a particular thing i instantly get confused 
right. because there's so many different things. And now this just kind of adds to the confusion about what exactly you need to buy to access certain things. And it's just, I don't know. Everybody sort of applauded when, um, you know, Bungie walked away from the the publishing deal they had with Activision and, and it was like, okay, they're going to have creative freedom and all this kind of stuff. But are they being a little penny wise dollar stupid now with this stuff? Cause it's just, it just feels, I don't know if you want to play a lot of destiny, I feel like you're going to have to constantly be paying a lot of money. Yeah. Well, you do. You always have for well, sure. Well, and dude, I mean, I, I feel like at this point it's their fucking cash cow. It's the closest thing they have to a battle pass call of duty experience and the hardcore people spend the money. Yeah. What I don't understand is how you can, from the same studio, have the new game coming out, Halo, from Bungie, coming out and only having a one-time Battle Pass purchase. Well, they're not, they're not, they're not developing or publishing it. Bungie isn't developing it. Three, four, three. Oh, oh my God! Forget I said anything. Continue. Yes, yes, of course. Yes, of course. Where have you been for the last decade? No, no, I knew that. I'm tired. I apologize. I know if you watch that new trailer, it certainly looks like Bungie development because it looks like an old Halo game. But no, no, yeah. no. I, yeah. it's, it's a fair, fair uh, confusion to have. So I feel like there's so much blood intertwined there. It's an easy yeah. thing to forget that they don't do it anymore. Uh, I wish they did, but that's a different story for a different day. But do you anymore? Well, that's true. I don't know. Well, that's what I'm saying about this whole thing in general, though, yeah. is Dave brought up Bungie, and it just brings up a an interesting point to see where it's come from and where it's going. And right. I don't know that I like where it's going necessarily. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I know that Destiny in general, it's so interesting because you, you know that people are going to pay the extra on top of the extra for this because the people who have been with Destiny for the longest, the people who are the cash cows, are the people who understand the game. And when you understand that game, it's easy to want to put money into it. But people like me who came in a few years after it released, uh, after, after Destiny 1 released, and then has not been consistently playing Destiny 2, I played it like for like a couple months out of every year, you know, fairly consistently, but then I fall off until the, whatever. Like every time I jump back in, I'm just so confused about what to do and where to go and what to buy and what I need and everything else that for me it's less likely that i'm going to want to put more money into it because i just this is totally my fault but i'm not there i don't really get everything that's going on whereas the people who get everything that's going on of course you just go ahead and buy it just buy the whole package whatever i mean if you've been spending money on it for five years i guess you kind of feel like you need to continue spending money on it and it sucks that it's just always 40 bucks 40 bucks 40 bucks. I feel like we moved away. We're starting to move away from the microtransaction nature of gaming. But this is like, this is becoming more common where it's not really microtransactions, but it's like DLC essentially. But this isn't DLC. It's necessary to continue playing the game. And that's why everybody should play Sea of Thieves because you can buy the game <laughs> oh once God. and never pay for it again. Jesus uh, Christ. You know. This fucking <laughs> guy. I think it's just in theory that a la carte approach to content is is a good one. But in practice, like I just feel like it would be so much simpler to just have a like a battle pass type thing where there's one thing that you have the choice to buy if you want, and it's gonna give you access to everything. Um but again, like like I'm like you, Ben. I jump in, I get really confused, and I'm like, I I would I'm willing to spend twenty bucks on this game for right. some content that will hold me through for a month, but right. I just don't know what I need to get. So sure. it's it's just yeah, I don't know. I just don't think it's very conducive to um, getting sort of the the casuals converted to a more serious player that's going to spend money on a monthly basis. So right, no, I and I think that they, I don't know. They've really not catered to casuals at all. That whole game is just designed for people that only play that game pretty much. And a lot of their hardcore are upset about this too, but the difference is the hardcore will buckle and still buy it. Yeah. The casuals won't. Yeah. So, yeah. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. 
Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, guys, we talked a little bit last week and the week before and maybe forever before that about the Switch OLED. Well, Nintendo Life reports that the Switch OLED model rates a 2 out of 10 on the screen durability scratch test. Yikes. Yeah, this is not great. The Nintendo quote, the Nintendo Switch OLED has been out for a handful of weeks now. And if you haven't already applied a screen protector, you really should. While Nintendo claims the screen is made out of glass, YouTube channel Jerry Rig Everything via VC, VGC has now put the new screen to the test and it's only got a 2 out of 10 for scratch protection, which makes it as vulnerable as plastic. Quote, we can lay out on most scale of hardness, which helps us differentiate between materials. Levels 2 or 3 would be plastic, 5 or 6 would be glass, and level 8 or 9 would be sapphire. Unfortunately, what we're seeing here are scratches at level 3 with deeper grooves at level 4, which means this new OLED screen has a surface layer of plastic. Although the Switch includes its own layer of protection in the form of an anti-scattering adhesive film, this won't do much at all when it comes to regular everyday use. So it's advisable to purchase a proper screen protector to minimize scratch damage. Now, the other thing is that there's that this like thin layer that's on there that kind of looks like one of those really satisfying pieces of plastic you peel off of something when you're ready to use it, you know, right? When you first buy it, uh, Nintendo has advised people not to tear off that special oh layer of protection. Oh, no. uh, seriously, yes. dude? Yes, no a lot of people just rip it off first thing because it looks like you should rip it off, but that's nice. one of the things that they said. So, I don't know about you guys, for me, I'm always going to be the guy who buys a screen protector for expensive devices with a screen that is especially something like a switch where, you know, it's easy to, to mishandle or it gets bumped up against the dock or whatever. Remember that was a huge thing when the original switch first came out, but how do you guys feel? Dave, we'll start with you about Nintendo comes out with a new device. The whole device, the whole thing about it is the screen and it's shit. That's uh that's not good. Nintendo can't 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 catch a break. I mean, you had the Joy-Con drift with with the the original version, and now you have this, which is a big deal for obviously not only something that's meant to be portable, but it's something that needs to slide in and out of the dock on a consistent basis. So if you have something that one, you rob me of the satisfaction of removing that plastic film, uh, and two, every time like I go to put it in the dock, I'm I'm very nervous about scratching it it's just it's it's not a good look the thing i was curious about is do they put any comparisons in this article about what the original switch scored or even um like the vita or anything like that um that would be interesting to sort of see as a baseline because i you know i'm really surprised that the they changed something to a point where they actually made the screen um less um sort of resilient to something like this Right. Um, I don't see it in the article. I'm looking at the comments here just to see. Uh, the one thing I do see here at uh, is this says that's lower than Android and iPhone screens with no screen covering. Of course, the Android and iPhone are both pretty stinking sturdy. Um, no, I don't see any comparison, but and maybe I'm wrong because people will find a reason to make a big deal out of anything that they can get clicks on, but I feel like a two out of 10, we would have heard about that in the past with other screens, but Hey, yeah, you may be right. Maybe it's very similar. What are you boys clocking in at nowadays? What do you mean? Hard. Never never mind. Never mind. Never mind. Um, my favorite Nintendo commentator. (laughs) (laughs) What, how do you feel? Um, are you going to buy an OLED now? So you can scratch. Yeah, I'm at about an 8.5. Um, (laughs) but, uh, no, that's just, it's insane, man. Did you go to Mexico recently? No. <laughs> okay. No. Just checking. Um, <laughs> but uh, but no, I just think that's kind of crazy. Dave, Dave, uh, Dave kind of said everything that I was thinking. It's portable. It's meant to be slid in and out. And I feel like a lot of the... <laughs> oh, God. It's happening. <laughs> um, I don't know. I just feel like a lot of the demographic is also children. And that just doesn't 
does not does not work out very well. Um, it's kind of kind of pathetic. So, Speaking yeah. of which, uh, Ben, you're you're I, I saw on the Twitter today that you're now a a three switch household or two Ooh. switch household. Two switch is the, is the newest switch an OLED or is it the older model? It's the older model. Uh, okay, so, so no two out of ten for you. No, it, it's actually the new switch in my household is the is the better battery life. Oh, good console. Good, uh, but it's the same switch as the original. Right, right. Yeah, the original's uh, it's getting a little beat up because my kid's been playing it for a couple years, and it's funny because I told him whenever we got the new switch, I'm like, now look, this is your. Here's all the things that are wrong with the one I had, and part of it's because you were beating it up because you, and not, not that he was like abusing it, and he very even very rarely even had it out of the dock. It's just you know when you do pull it out of the dock a few times, or you like go and put the game in, you're you're kind, you can be kind of careless. I was like, you got to be careful. You know, it's yours, but if it breaks, it's not. Um, nobody else is paying for it for you. Like, this is this is your Switch. And, like, I just kind of observed him, like, setting it all up because I made sure, you know, I took everything out and whatever. It was ready for him to totally set up. And he was just being, like, super ginger with it. I'm like, that's how you should treat every... You should treat other people's stuff that well. Not, right. uh, not like you're treating it for yourself now. So, anyway, that was a nice little lesson. But also, I'm looking at the the old Switch going... All these little nicks and scratches on the back of this thing. They don't even matter, but it just bugs me. Yeah. Anyway. Did they even sell a first party screen protector? Uh, I don't know, they but have, I have one that's great. They have so. licensed screen protectors. No, do they? Yeah. But uh, it's just so silly. Yeah. But no, Dave, I, I have um, my original day one and then the the battery life. The, the slightly better battery life, but it's the same model. Cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, so... Switch Nintendo continues to amaze us all. Again, Dave, that is a very good point that I did not consider on how well the um, the other one scored, other other information, other uh, similar products scored. But I don't know the answer to that, so maybe somebody can look that up and let us know. Um, okay, there was one correction I wanted to make from last week. Let's see here. Where did I put it? Okay, it's not a. It's not a. Ben, don't don't beat yourself up on this one. I got to preface this. This isn't correction so much as new information came out shortly after we finished recording the show. Literally minutes. Is that correct? Uh, I saw it literally minutes. I think it came out while we were recording. Uh, yeah. So this is yeah. It's not a correction. That's that we had incorrect information and stated it. It's not that we were wrong. Uh, well, I mean, we were wrong, but by virtue. Anyway, the official Guardians of the Galaxy game uh, Twitter site. Twitter page, but I'm so old, tweeted out, hey, everyone, we wanted to give you an update on the final size of the PC version of the game, which will not be 150 gigabytes. The game is in the last stages of opti- the, the team is in the last stages of optimizing the final game, and we can confirm the file size will be approximately 80 gigabytes at launch. Uh, last week, we had said it would be 150 based on an article we saw. Uh, I don't know if that means it was different on PC versus console or not. I didn't follow up on that, but I just wanted to state that we did see that after we recorded last week's episode i'm not beating myself up dave this is clearly not my fault it's it's somebody on twitter's fault probably (laughs) somehow okay two more things and maybe more we'll see uh the halo servers for halo 3 and back well actually basically anything halo on the 360 are shutting down. This comes from IGN. It says 343 Industries has revealed the date when the online multiplayer for servers for several Halo games on Xbox 360 will close down, which is January 13th, 2022. Back on December 18th, 2020, the studio announced these servers would shut down no earlier than one year after it had posted the notice, but now a definitive date has been decided. Quote, to date, we've juggled future-facing work and priorities with continued upkeep of Halo's Xbox 360 legacy services. Maintaining these legacy services today requires significant time and resources, which directly impacts the studio's ability to support current and future projects like Halo, the Master Chief Collection, and Halo Infinite, wrote 343 Industries in a statement. Now, I don't know, guys. It's an Xbox 360 game. When did the Xbox One come out? 2013? Sounds about right. So... Seven years after the new console comes out, and they're still eight years, and they're still supporting the old servers. That's a pretty good dedication to me. And by the way, they were still active. I'm sure they were dwindling over time, but we're now two console generations past. But maybe we could take the opportunity just to talk a little bit about some of our memories from the, uh, the OG Halo days. On the yeah, dude. Well, not OG quite, but... And plus, I mean, there's a lot of ways to play it. Not oh, on yeah. the 360, you know what I mean? I think people would be more upset 
Yes. If there weren't other ways to play the exact same thing. Halo 2, no, Halo 3 is still getting updates. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Literally new armor. Yeah. New, like being added as we speak to right. the... Yeah. Right. So... I don't know. I had a lot of fun with uh, with Halo, specifically on the 360. I know I had Halo, the original Halo, and wait, was Halo 2 on the original Xbox or just Halo? Halo 2 was on Xbox. Halo 2 was on Xbox. So I had a lot of fun with them. Uh, the 360, I feel like, is where I really hit my groove, especially with like Reach. Reach is probably my favorite Halo game yeah. ever. Um, but yeah. Good times. Um, of course, you can still play all those games now, uh, now <laughs> yeah. On, yeah. online. Yeah. Um, but shout out to the OGs who are still rocking their 360 playing Halo. I don't know how you're doing it and, and actually getting a decent KD, but <laughs> um, you do you. No, dude. It's time. Yeah, it's definitely time. And like you said, can't be mad because they're still around. yeah and also they gave everybody a full year's notice yeah yeah i so. mean i feel like this is very very gracious of them and to think that they're still even open is a bit of a shock to me in general but yeah have you guys ever seen that youtube channel where that guy goes on really old games that are still live just to see like if people are still playing and then he he goes on voice chat and just starts talking to them and and then is like hey so this game's like 10 years old. Why are you still playing it? Have you guys seen that guy? No. No, that sounds really it's, interesting. It's though. a really it's a pretty popular channel. I can't remember his name now, but uh but yeah, he does this like a couple times a year and he just like pops in like the original Modern Warfare. The most fascinating one was Warhawk. So oh. that game, PlayStation 3 launch title, uh its servers were shut down, but it had such a dedicated but small pre-existing fan base that they somehow figured out a way to like make their own servers and basically keep the game alive so there's still like this small dedicated pocket of people playing warhawk even after you know the official servers are gone and i watched this guy's videos for quite a while and and just kind of seeing you know all the people obviously you get kids and stuff they're just like oh i'm playing on my brother brother's playstation 3 and i want to upgrade soon but there's a lot of people who are just like yeah this is this is this is a game i love and, and the servers are still going and it's it's pretty cool to see. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, you have to send me that link to that guy, or else I'll forget about it. That does sound cool. All right, Dave, you brought this up before the show, and I had completely forgotten they even announced this was going to be a thing tomorrow. And we got another state of play coming up. Ooh, we. And we just had a state of play back in September where they focused a lot on Deathloop and they, focused, they revealed some uh, other new games like the Wolverine game from Insomniac, the revealed Spider-Man 2, all that kind of stuff. Well, this one is going to be a publisher's state of play, and they're going to probably, well, we don't really know exactly, but they've dropped some hints and everything. I want to just talk a little bit about, hey, what we could think about maybe, wait, was that September or August? I don't know. Anyway, what we might want to see coming from tomorrow's state of play and see if there's uh, any commonality here on what could be coming. Brandon, yeah, let's dude. start with you. What's one thing you want to see? Dude, I want to see some more Stray. Stray? Dude, I want to see cat the, game. the cat game. <laughs> yeah, man. I'm interested. Yeah. I'm interested. I feel like we've seen some of it, but and I don't know what even more they could show. It seems like the game is kind of self-explanatory, and I'm just kind of taking it at face value, but I don't know. I would love for it to be something more. Uh, it has a really interesting look about it in the idea of playing as a cat in a big neon city sounds really fun yeah um and yeah maybe not like at the top of my list for things i'd want but definitely up there nice dave you're up uh things i want to see tomorrow or not even want to see but things you think we might see uh well they said it was going to be third party i think my most anticipated game at this point for next year um from like looking strictly at third party is Gotham Knights. Oh yeah. Um, that's, I, I believe that's being published by Warner brothers. Um, yeah. so yeah. they seem to have a really good relationship with, uh, Microsoft with, with sort of the game pass stuff right now. So I don't know if that's something we'll see coming from Sony, but I, I would love to see more of that game. Um, it got delayed. Uh, hopefully we see it in the first half of next year or so just, just seeing more of how that game is going to work. It's, obviously a very co-op focused game with you know some pretty um 
entwined RPG mechanics. And, uh, you know, we, we've seen a good chunk of it, but I would love to just see more because that game's going to be coming out fairly soon. So right, I think that's right. the biggest one for me. But yeah, you just reminded me about Stray. I completely forgot about that game. I have an important question. Do you guys know if in Stray you can customize your cat? Because I need to make that cat look exactly like my cat, Tim. Oh, dude, that would be, be awesome. Cool. Yeah, that would be sweet. Really cool. Yeah. But no, there's a couple different things. I mean... I don't know, by the way, the answer to question. <laughs> I don't know, like, I don't know much about this game or if so. it would make sense for Sony to even push it during their conference. But do you guys know much about this Doki V? Nope. This Pokemon open world game? It's not Pokemon, but it looks and feels a lot like Pokemon. You guys know anything about it? I don't know anything about it. I've, okay. I've heard something about it, but I, I couldn't tell okay. you anything. But. It looks like everything we i guess anybody who's a fan of pokemon has wanted yeah kind of like more the the arceus or whatever the newest pokemon installment is the like open world walk around type situation um less of a traditional pokemon experience but from a company that's not the pokemon company at all um so i'm keeping my eye on that one it looks pretty interesting um if you have any interest in that type of game at all i'd definitely check it out because it's got a cool cool style about it so nice. I'd love to see more about it. That'd be cool. I think I would be a little bit surprised. I know it's kind of been out of the public mind for a little bit, but if we didn't see little something, something from Ghostwire Tokyo. Yeah. Well, they I think had, it's time. Didn't they have something, a little something, something for the last one? Uh, I'm pretty sure there was something there. You me. said that, and I thought no before you said it, but now I'm not sure. Yeah. But I would like to continue to see more because right. I remember whatever the last trailer I watched just filled me with questions and i think that was the point right um, it seems like a very mysterious um intriguing type game i'm hoping it's actually that it's mysterious and intriguing and not just directionless because <laughs> i've gotten that feeling a little bit here's the hope and right yeah exactly dude listen if if death stranding can be cohesive then anything can be because that right. game is all over the place and somehow so beautiful yeah and together at the same time i love it oh i bet we see sifu excuse me Sifu? S-I-F-U? <laughs> Did you just sneeze? Yeah, bless you. <laughs> like, uh, the the like um, the martial arts game. Oh, okay. Yeah, I bet we see a little bit more of that. It looks really cool, and it's coming up on release here pretty soon. Yeah, I was trying to... A lot of the things I'm excited about are first party, or pardon me, right. so I was trying to think of stuff that might... Yeah. That, you said you did hear that it was third only, Dave? Uh, yes. Okay. Interesting. It was focusing on third-party titles, and it's only 30 minutes, so... Oh, right. okay. It'll just be like a little little we'll, sweet little bit. We'll probably get like a 90-second smattering of a bunch of like really small indie games that, you know, are not really... haven't really been in the limelight, but we'll get like a little three-second glimpse on screen and a bunch of titles in front of us so they can tell you that they really care about indies, even though they don't. <laughs> um, what that, company does really care about indies? Nintendo? Only ones that are actively making the money at the time. Fair enough. So, yeah. I don't know. Uh, I can't really think of anything else. I think that the the DC Warner Brothers stuff is a possibility, Dave, because they've got a lineage on PlayStation. But I would agree that maybe it's a little early for like Gotham Knights and stuff to get another showing this quickly after their like kind of reveal or re-reveal, I guess, in case it was. So. Boys, uh, this week we've all of us have probably played at least a game, right? Well, the yeah. only new game I've really played, uh, the game, well, it's new and it's new to me, is Inscription. Ooh. And this is PC only for now. Uh, it's a card game with, uh, it's like a game within a game. And so you're playing this card game, but also there's a game in the world around you and you're like trying to escape this little cabin you're in. And it's really creepy. It's got a cool uh, tone, perfect for like this time of year, Halloween, etc. Um, pretty strategic card game. I have played numerous hours and I still can't make it past like the first set of battles that you have, the card battles that you have. But you build your deck, of course. Um, and at the end of every every one, if you if you lose, uh, you die and have to start over. Uh, your character is actually murdered. Oh my God. Uh, so it's really cool. It's kind of addicting. I was getting a little frustrated just that I had played this same last final battle over so many times and it takes you a little while to get there. Um, and I just kept dying. I couldn't figure out, like, I'm getting these crappy cards. How am I supposed to progress? And maybe that's the whole point. You're, you're not. You're supposed to just get good. But anyway, I was having a lot of fun with it. Nice. Yeah. 
So what about you guys? Uh, Dave, have you been playing anything notable this week? Um, yeah, I, I played Limbo just the other day. I, oh, I've man. never played Limbo. I was looking for something. Um, you never little, played Limbo? Uh, no, no, That's I incredible. missed it. I was looking for something spooky to play, and uh, it was free on Xbox Game Pass, <laughs> which gives you instant access to hundreds of free titles for $13.99 Canadian a month. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, you know what I love about that game, um, is you can finish it in one sitting. And I was thinking about like, you know, all these like 20 to 40 hour games we have and how much time you have to sink in just to see the, the credits roll as the, as the youths say. Um, (laughs) so it's nice every, every once in a while to have like a game that you can literally just sit there and finish in one or two sittings. So I was thinking about games that I had done that before, and and like, I think I finished Steam World Dig, the original one in one sitting. Uh, Gris or Grease, I can't remember how to say it. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, Limbo. Um, liking that, it's a fun little game, and and perfect spooky, weird, unsettling vibe for the spooky boy season. So it's amazing because I I think Limbo. I could be totally wrong here. It's been a while since it came out, of course, but I think it was twenty bucks when it released. And it was only, you know, it's only what, three three to five hours? Yeah. Somewhere in that range. And I don't remember any, I mean, maybe they did, and I just don't remember. But like 20 bucks for three to five hours doesn't seem like a lot. But that is a game that I've never heard anyone regret that they purchased. You know, and it kind of defeats the whole narrative of you can't have a 10 to 15 hour $60 game. Like, come on. The game is good. And th- that game will stand the test of time. Yeah. Like that game is always going to be good to me. And yeah. It's hard for it to to wear out, I think. Dude, that's the thing. The difference between a game like that, though, and paying that amount in, like, a DLC for Destiny. Like, it's about the value. (laughs) It's about the quality. Right. And, you know, someone could say, well, you just complained about having to buy this content. But it's it's different. Right. It's plain to see how this is different. I mentioned um, Gris. Yes. You guys remember Gris? I do. Yeah. I did not buy that game because we reviewed it, but that is a game I will never forget. And yeah. not now that I'm talking, but like I tried to go buy it yesterday. It's not available on Xbox, but um Really? That's crazy. Yeah, it's not there. But it's or sorry, maybe it's not on Game Pass. I'll, I'll check the actual store. But like oh, okay. I'd pay full price for a game like that because I will never forget that game. Um yeah. and like you don't need like a a strictly like value for time trade-off. Um, to sort of remember a game because you know I've spent hundreds of hours in Assassin's Creed games. I I spent full price on all of them, and they weren't all memorable to that point. So you don't necessarily need to spend all that time for something you're never going to forget. So I don't know. Right, take yeah. a chance on a game every now and then, even if you know the time investment doesn't look as great for the amount of money you're going to spend on it. Just yeah, because you you never know. You never know. Right. For sure. It's a good. It's a good advice, and also I played Gris based on your recommendation. So I, you know what I regret about that game is not giving it a ten. I think when I was playing that, you guys were at PSX or something, and I started playing it, and I wasn't quite finished, but I was ready to text you uh, or send you a message on Slack and just be like, "I think we have a ten on our hands." Oh yeah, and I just I couldn't pull the trigger on it. But looking back, like I regret not giving that game a ten because here yeah. we are three three years later, and I'm still thinking about it and. Yeah, that's a good testament more, so. for sure. For like a three-hour game. So right. Yeah. Nice. Brandon. Cool. Um, I finally finished Far Cry six. Okay. Um <laughs> two weeks. Two, you played it for like less than two weeks and you're like, it was forever. Man, oh man. It it sure felt like it. Yeah. Um I said everything last week that I needed to say about it. That's fine. Um, the ending was fine. Yeah. The entire thing felt like it built to nothing right um well not nothing but it was just mostly all anticlimactic like everything that i felt like could have been fully flushed out was not yeah um and i left feeling about the same as when i started and uh yeah i guess that's another 60 bucks down the drain but hey i got some entertainment for a little bit right only 60 yeah well okay so you made that on that one it was sixty. It was seventy. I don't know. I don't fucking know what. No, price I don't know. I just meant like only sixty. Yeah, you only picked sixty. For right. A game you hated. Yeah. No. But uh, no, that's that's fine. Yeah. Um, but continuing to play Death Stranding, this game keeps amazing me time and time again. Nice um, as I get further in the story, I feel like I'm really reaching an excellent point in the game. 
Um, I nearly have all the things that I need. Um, the zip lines are fantastic and the story is so strange and just wonderful. Coming off the heels of a game like Far Cry 6 makes me... Playing a game like Death Stranding makes me never want to play a game like Far Cry 6 again, to be honest. Right. Just the like quality difference is insane. It's right. not even a comparable game, but just the caliber and the scope and the realization of the game is just there. And that's something that I didn't feel seldom when playing Far Cry 6. So, Would you say you're a fan of the Stranding genre? Or the Strand genre? Sure. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, are the zip lines new? The director's no. cut? No? no. No. Okay. I was no. I was watching Dustin zip around on them today on Twitch, and I I didn't recall seeing that before. Yeah. No. They did add a couple different things, like they added added some more, like a bike, and you could take your floating carriers on the zip lines and stuff. Now, like they they made it better, and there's even like entire like little cutscenes slash sequences that are kind of creepy and give you some weird weird vibes with the, like the death training and stuff, just like little tiny things that as I've been playing it and my friends have watched me play it. Um, they've said this wasn't in the original one and I couldn't imagine it the other way around. So the director's cut definitely is, I've said it before, but it's definitely, definitely worth it. So nice dude. Yeah. But that's about it, man. That's all I've had time to play. So, but I'm happy about it. I'm pleased. Glad to be back to death, to death Stranding. I was just trying to get through Far Cry as quick as I can to get back to the game that I actually wanted to play. So, Dave, I wanted to ask you about this, and I forgot to text you, uh, but we're here, so I might as well ask you in front of everybody else. Are you hyped for Battlefield still? I'm ebbing and flowing between Battlefield and Call of Duty Vanguard. Okay. Um, I'm I'm still waiting to see what the day one product for Battlefield actually looks like. Um, right. I'm convinced if I bought vanguard on day one i'd be fine with it but i think i i hope that i i'm in a position where i want battlefield more on day one so yeah. i'm cautiously optimistic i'm hoping what i saw in the beta wasn't um representative of what you know the day one product's going to look like i'm not sure. expecting perfection but I'm, I'm just kind of waiting to see what state the game's going to launch in so right it's and you said you haven't been dissuaded by any of the vanguard stuff you enjoyed the beta yeah, no, I I didn't play the beta, um, oh, okay. but I'm just I'm 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 a casual Call of Duty player, and I I'm I'm really into it right now. Yeah. Um. So and I want to keep that going, and I really think I'd like Vanguard, and I'm thinking about the campaign in Vanguard, which Battlefield won't have. So that's sort of a selling point for me too. Um. So yeah. Nice. Yeah. yeah. I guess my only sticking point is did did you get Cold War at launch? Uh yes, I did. Okay. Cold War at launch was not good. That's yeah. the only thing I'm worried about. And I just hope I, for the for the sake of the franchise, every, all of my feelings aside, I hope the Vanguard launch is better than the Cold War launch. I feel like they really need it to be able to sell this. Um, and I'm actually going to wait for both too, I think, to see the final product. I haven't, I've been excited for 2042, yeah. but I think I really need to see what the deal is before i just go ahead and pull the trigger i'm with you dave it's all kind of irrelevant for me like i only need one first person competitive shooter to hold me over and you yeah. know two weeks after uh 2042 launches um halo comes out on game pass so that's like a no-brainer so if right. i'm iffy on either then i'll just wait for halo and then i'll sort of tide me over and then i'll jump into the other ones when uh when i'm ready but yeah i only need you got, for you got forza before that coming Forza, man, oh man, oh man, Forza I'm getting Horizon. excited for Forza. Forza, you know what I'm going to do as soon as I boot that up? I'm going to drive straight to Cabo San Lucas, which is where I was for my honeymoon. And I'm going <laughs> to oh I'm going to sit my wife down on the couch and be like, look, I can do this in a video game. And she'll be like, that's cool. She's going to call you a loser. Dude, in your like, fucking Lambo. You just, <laughs> yeah. you just roll up and be like, look at me now. <laughs> exactly. All right, gentlemen, well, I thank you very much for joining me on another episode of the HP Podcast. I have to, sorry, just before oh. we finish, uh, yeah, yeah. that YouTube channel I was talking about is, uh, it's Mystic, and the specific video was uh, PS3 online in 2021, who is still playing and why. Nice. So Mystic, and uh, yeah, really cool video. Uh, yeah. I don't really need to shout him out because he's got almost 200, 2 million views on that one alone, but nice. uh, yeah, it's, it's a really cool video. I saw you sent that, thanks. Yeah. Yeah, cool. appreciate it. Awesome. Oh, Mystic. Yeah. Okay. You said that and it didn't click until I saw it. I get it. Good deal, man.
All right, guys. I appreciate it. Uh, don't forget, head over to patreon.com slash handsome phantom. Support us at a dollar a month or less. Add free early access. A couple levels higher. Get your name in the credits. All that good stuff. We appreciate it. And we will see you next week. The HP Podcast and HandsomePhantom.com are supported by our proud patrons over at Patreon. If you want to support the show, head over to Patreon.com slash HandsomePhantom. Htrons, Maurice Bays, Passive Pixels, Edwin Castillo, Fusebro, Boots, Poot, Jared, Josh Cummings, Edward Walton, Charles Peterson, Toby Ryland, Straw Hat Ninja, Jared Cavallero, Jason Canham, and Kevin Lucas. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around, a watch she can wear every day from Movement. Whether your mom is into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, everything at Movement is up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale. A watch is a gift that celebrates all the time you spent with mom, and a Movement watch is even more than that. Movement uses industry-leading materials for their fresh modern watch designs, from technically complex ceramics to vintage-inspired style, all for an incredible value your wrist and wallet will both love. And with one-size-fits-all convenience and fast-free shipping and returns, it's a stress-free shopping experience. Save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with Movement. Get up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.